Thank you for downloading from the Great Commission Society. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about our global ministry and team at www.greatcommissionsociety.com. Sir Michael Faraday, one of the most influential scientists in history, it was by his research on the magnetic field around a conductor carrying a direct current that Faraday established a basis for the concept of the electromagnetic field in physics. Faraday also established that magnetism could affect rays of light and that there was an underlying relationship between the two phenomena. He similarly discovered the principles of electromagnetic induction and diamagnetism and the laws of electrolysis. His inventions of electromagnetic rotary devices formed the foundation of electric motor technology and it was largely due to his efforts that electricity became practical for use in technology. As a chemist, Faraday discovered benzene, investigated the clathrate hydrate of chlorine, invented an early form of the Bunsen burner and the system of oxidation numbers, and popularised technology such as anode, cathode, electrode and ion. Faraday ultimately became the first and foremost Falerian Professor of Chemistry at the Royal Institution in Great Britain, a lifetime position. Physicist Ernest Rutherford stated, When we consider the magnitude and extent of his discoveries and their influence on the progress of science and of industry, there is no honour too great to pay to the memory of Faraday, one of the greatest scientific discoverers of all time. When Michael Faraday was dying, some journalists questioned him about the speculations for a life after death. Speculations, he said. I know nothing about speculations. I am resting on certainties. I know that my Redeemer lives, and because he lives, I shall live also. The second coming is one of the most momentous events that will ever happen, where Jesus Christ will come again to the earth personally, visibly and bodily to judge the living and the dead and to complete his redemptive mission. For Christians, this is a blessed hope for which we should constantly watch and pray. But how should this critical event shape our life and hope now? Hello and welcome to our GCS podcast with author and evangelist Tony Anthony. It's overwhelming to see the number of times throughout scripture where the second coming is mentioned, with no less than 1,200 times in the Old Testament and 300 in the New. Someday Jesus will physically return to this earth. We do not know exactly when it will happen, but God knows exactly when this will occur. What if it were tomorrow? Would you be ready? What changes do we need to make today to get ready for Christ's return? Let's join Tony as he shares five principles to help us get ready for the second coming. The return of the Lord Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. And it's this aspect that stirs believers to a much deeper commitment and an urgency to take the gospel message to the ends of the earth. Although in this postmodern world that we live in, it seems that a vast portion of the Christian world is either out of confusion, ignorance, or perhaps sheer disobedience, completely ignores this marvellous truth altogether. On closer examination, it's truly overwhelming to see the number of times throughout Scripture where the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is mentioned by servants of God, like Job, Moses, David, Isaiah, we've got Jeremiah, Daniel, and most of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. In fact, the Lord Jesus Christ often spoke specifically about his own return to earth. Well over 300 references to his return are made in the New Testament alone. We read in Mark 13, 26, At this time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of great power and glory. We also read in Revelation 1, 7, Look, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. 
Make no mistake about it. The Lord Jesus will come back one day and he's given us clear instructions for what we're to do while we wait. And so today I just want to look at five points to help us consider how we can start to get ready for the Lord's return. The first thing we need to do is to watch out. One of the biggest challenges in the Christian life is to overcome temptation and the weakness of the flesh. You might recall the time when the Lord Jesus Christ left Peter, James and John in Gethsemane to keep watch while he went away to pray in Mark 14. You know, the Lord returned within an hour to find that they had already fallen asleep. And in fact, this happened three times that very same night. While every Christian is faced with the same temptation as these disciples, and so often it's because many of us get so easily caught up in the things that dominate the minds and hearts of non-believers, such as what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear, how much we're going to earn and where we're going to live, and so on. Instead, we should be consumed with our pursuit of the kingdom of God. We should seek, above all, the rule and reign of Jesus Christ in our lives. We must strive to watch out when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. You know, it says in Luke chapter 12, 37, it will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. We also see in Mark 13, verses 32 and 33, and even though we do not know the exact day or hour of his return, God still warns us to be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. And so, friends, let us always stay alert as much as we can and careful not to fall asleep on the job. You know, Mark chapter 14, verse 38, watch and pray so that you'll not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. A second thing we need to be doing to get ready for the Lord's return is get ready. You know, get ready to go with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if you think about airlines, while airlines, of course, hate saying no to their customers, the safety of their passengers and crew always comes first. And that's why things like luggage items that are likely to pose a risk to safety and security or can be used to cause harm are carefully restricted or banned altogether. This way, passengers have the chance to be prepared well in advance of their flight by packing sensibly so as to avoid causing any unnecessary disruption to their flight. We know that's not always the case and many of us push our luck and we put in the extra item, we turn up and we need to open up our bags or we're sent away or we're going to pay more money. Well, in a similar way, our loving God puts our spiritual safety and eternal security first. And we need to make sure that we're not carrying any harmful items in our lives that can cause harm to ourselves or to others or to our relationship with God. And if the Lord Jesus Christ came back today, Would you actually be ready to go with him? And if at that moment that the Lord Jesus Christ came back, would a place where you're about to go or a thing you're about to do or a word that you're about to say cause you to be ashamed in any way or embarrassed in any way at all? Because if so, then you might need to change what you're going to do. If you're not living in a way that's pleasing to him right now, then his return will come as such a great shock and a surprise to you, and far worse than a mere disruption to a flight. Surely we want to be able to open the door of our hearts to him without any shame whatsoever. Don't we read in Luke 12:36, like servants waiting for their master the return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. We also see in 1 John 2, 28, And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at this coming. Don't jeopardise your own flight to heaven. 
A third challenge to every believer in getting ready for the Lord's return is to desire holiness, desire to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in a world full of distractions and demands on our time and pockets, our focus and attention can so easily be drawn away from the most important person in our lives. You know, we've invited the Lord Jesus Christ into our hearts to be our eternal saviour. Well, surely we should want to become more like him each and every day. According to 2 Peter 3, it says in verses 11 to 14 and also verse 18, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless and at peace with him. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. And so if you have a real sense of his imminent return at all, then it will impact the way you live and it will cause you to purify yourself, even as he is pure, as we read in 1 John 3 verse 3. A fourth thing we need to be doing to get ready for the Lord's return is anxiously wait. Anxiously await the Lord Jesus Christ's return. It's been said that the worst part of life is waiting, but the best part of life is having someone worth waiting for. I'm so blessed to have a wonderful family that look forward to seeing me return home after my mission trips. They wait for the sound of a car on the driveway. They constantly lift the curtains to see if I'm in the car outside. They, you know, they pull the door open before I can knock on the door, or put my key in the door. And I think that's what it means to anxiously wait for someone's arrival. Many people will know the feeling of anxiously awaiting a loved one to return to us. Or perhaps the feeling of waiting for a shop assistant to help you with a specific problem. You know, we're waiting there in the queue patiently and we're just trying to catch the eye of the shop assistants. And when they look at us, we're, we're, we're keenly looking at them, hoping to get their attention so they'll come and help us. Well, in a very similar way, every Christian should be anxiously awaiting all the more the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, so many believers overlooked the fact that their true nationality is Christian, for we're told that our citizenship is in heaven. And as we read in Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's why we can also echo those words of Revelation 22 verse 20. You know, we should not hesitate for a moment in saying, come Lord Jesus. And a fifth thing that we need to be doing to get ready for the Lord's return is to share diligently. Do the work that the Lord Jesus Christ has given you to do. It's clear from scripture that we're saved by grace through faith, and this is not of ourselves, Ephesians 2.8. However, one of the many great challenges in the Christian walk, once we're saved, is to balance faith and deeds. You know, this is why in the book of James, we're told that faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. You know, it can be said that while watching is the evidence of faith, working is the evidence of faith in action. You know, watching for the Lord's return will help us prepare our own lives, but working will assure that we will take others with us as well. You know, don't we read in Luke chapter 12, verse 43, it'll be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. As Christians, we should really evaluate to what extent we love the Lord Jesus, shouldn't we? 
Is it just enough to attend church each Sunday, to sing a couple of songs, listen to some sermons, make an offering in the collection basket and have a cup of tea and a muffin after church? Surely if we love the Lord Jesus Christ that much, surely we want to obey his commands as well, don't you think? The very last command the Lord Jesus Christ made was to go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation, Mark 16, 15. Surely his last command should be our first, number one, top priority. And we need to make that our first priority today and in the coming week and for the rest of this year until the Lord returns. Our Lord doesn't want us to be silent disciples. He encourages us to witness boldly to others about his amazing grace. Scripture provides eloquent proof that we're to be vocal about our standing in Christ. In Romans 10 verse 9, it states, Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. In Romans 10 verse 14, it asks, How shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? See, see, if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, then please be reminded that it is our duty to witness to others. Maybe all you need to do is to say to somebody, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ means so much to me. I wish you knew him too. And, and then do your best to try to unpack that message of the gospel. You know, you may have a chance to offer that person a good quality gospel tract or a book to find out more. And you may even get to share the message yourself. You'll be surprised what such a simple, straightforward testimony can actually accomplish. You know, if your faith in Christ is worth having, it is worth sharing, I can tell you. And so be prepared to share the gospel. You know, and how do we do that? You know, well, there are three essential things that you got to do in order to get equipped to share the gospel. The first thing I'd like to suggest is apply yourself to studying God's word, along with reading other helpful resources that will sharpen your mind and understanding. Don't we read in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. The next thing you can be doing is you can be asking God to give you a heart of compassion for the lost and an earnest desire for their salvation. You know, some helpful Bible verses that really challenge me. One of them is from 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Wouldn't it be lovely to have that same heart as God? Well, we can be praying for that. You know, so ask him to stir up an urgent fervency to see the lost lovingly called into a relationship with Christ. Another verse, Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. Why? So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So that's another thing you could be doing. And I guess maybe a third element for sure would be you got to pray. Ask God to give you boldness and a desire to share the whole gospel with every person whom he leads you to. You know, just take a look at Romans chapter 10 verse 1 as the challenge that that brings to us. You know, ask him to grant you wisdom so that you can minister to their specific needs. You know, pray that you will be prepared messenger speaking to prepared hearts. Ask God to send out workers into his fields. You know, it says that in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38. Any effective sharing of the gospel must always begin with a God-given burden. You know, we have to care. Jesus cared. Do you? Do I? You know, do you want to reach out to perishing people? That's the challenge, isn't it? We should go out to where people are. We should care about them, reach out to them, for we have been commanded to do this. 
a few challenges, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 2, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And also in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And so there you are, my friends. There's just a number of things we can be doing to get ready for the Lord's return. So as a little summary, watch out, get ready, desire holiness, anxiously wait, and share diligently. Now let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I love you very much indeed, and I thank you for this day that you've made. And I just want to thank you for the people listening right now, and for them and for myself. I want to pray, please, that you would please help us to, to keep your return in sight. Please help us all to be ready for that time. And I pray that you'll help us to continually watch out for you. Uh, I pray that, Lord, that we will continually aim to get ready each and every day. Help us, Lord, to not follow the way of the world all the time. Help us, Lord, to desire a holiness, to be desire to be more like you. My Lord, I pray that you'll help us. It's really tough to be patient, but please help us to anxiously wait for you. And my Lord, I just want to pray that we'll make your last command our first priority, to share the gospel message diligently with the people that do not yet know you. I want to pray for the 7.7 billion people of the world, that every person from every every nation would come to uh, hear the gospel message and will come to receive you as their saviour. Please, I pray for lost souls around the world, and I pray that you might use me, use us to reach them. I say this prayer in your name, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe and leave a rating and review to help others find our podcast. At GCS, our mission is to communicate the gospel message relevantly to every person in the world. One way we do this is by providing practical resources to help you grow in your faith and present the Christian faith across different cultures. You can find out more about our resources at www.greatcommissionsociety.com. If you would like to donate to our efforts, be sure to contact us or you can donate online. GCS is a listener-supported ministry and is chaired by a board of directors in Edinburgh, UK.